Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Fresh off of Thanksgiving, I hope you all have full bellies. You had to, you know, add another notch into your belt like the rest of us. Maybe you just wore sweatpants, hopefully. But nonetheless, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving, spent it with friends, family, uh, you know, around loved ones, with good food. There was football on all day. That's literally what we did. Literally got up, you watched Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, just a tradition, whether you like it or not, it's just on the TV. And then literally right after that, nonstop football, nonstop NFL, some college. You, you can't have a better Thanksgiving than that. So I hope you guys got to have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in into a new episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel, and the podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast in audio form, literally anywhere. So for the YouTube channel, please like and subscribe for the audio version. Please uh, follow it, subscribe to it, leave it a review, rate it, uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Please and thank you. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. The podcast is also brought to you by the Billy Up Sports Podcast Network. Go to BillyUpSports.com and check out all the content on the website. There's something there for everybody, podcasts, blogs, literally anything for anybody. Betting season is in full swing, and the only place you want to make your bets is MyBookie. If you head over to MyBookie.ag and to make your same-game parlays, in-game bets, money lines, use the code BELLYUPFANTASY on your very first deposit, and it is going to double your first deposit. That is free money. Who does not like free money? Show me the money. 
The podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and his Back to the Basics books and drills. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all of his books and football drills, practice planning, game planning, strength and conditioning, and much, much more. You will literally never have to look at another football drill again. For all you coaches in the offseason, I recommend going to CoachStoneFootball.com. And I thank Coach Stone for sponsoring the podcast. We're going to dive into today's episode. I want to get into uh, this is college football. We're not going to do the NFL stuff. Uh, a college football game that happened on Thanksgiving was Old Miss versus Mississippi State and the Egg Bowl. You know, it's a big traditional game. A lot of good things, crazy things happen. We've got one of the best memes out there. From there are the gifs before the guy waving. So it's just, it's been always been a crazy game. And you got two amazing head coaches of Lane Kiffin going against uh, Mike Leach. You know, Mike Leach is probably everybody's favorite football coach. And then Lane Kiffin's probably another runner, you know, a runner up for some people's favorite coach, especially as of late. Then we're going to get into college football playoff stuff and how to fix it and about the new rankings. Uh, so it's going to be an action packed episode here. So we're going to start out real quick with Old Miss and Mississippi State. It was a rain fest. It was raining most of the game over at Mississippi State Stadium. Uh, so some people think that the air raid struggles in rain, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. I think Mike Leach gets them prepared. This this was a great game. Up, I mean, I mean, if you look at the overall game, yeah, there were some mistakes. Yeah, there were some missed tackles. There were some big plays, but overall, I mean, a pretty entertaining football game. Ole Miss comes away again with the win, thirty-one to twenty-one over Mississippi State. The big talk of the town is at the end of the second quarter, uh, it's 10-6. to 6. Mississippi State is marching down the field, marching. And they made some, you know, Will Rogers made some incredible throws uh, to try to get them down there. And there were some amazing catches made um, to, make, to get all, all the way down there. And then Mississippi State drops, I think, three potential touch one was one or two were really touchdown passes and they dropped another one that what you know that was going to be a potential uh touchdown pass and it that last sequence in the second quarter was just ugly it was horrendous to watch um to to say the least, uh, if you tuned in just for that part, you'll understand what I'm saying. To see the drop passes that were made, Will Rogers stepped up in the pocket beautifully, uh, made some good throws. There was just too many drops. Um, and so that, I guess that was a big talk right there was there was just too many drops. And then they they did not score. They come up and they and then to make it worse, you think, okay, we're in, it's fourth down. Uh, I want to say they were in the red zone or right outside the red zone. Okay, we're going to kick a field goal. They bring out the field goal kicker, which we already know they're having field goal kicker problems. Mike Leach still wants the op- had the open tryout for a kicker. I don't know how well that went out. Comes out and misses a field goal. They're on the right hash, so it's right outside the upright, literally straight. If he, He's got to curve it a little bit. Boom, went straight up, missed it. So it was just a horrible sequence of events. And then to make it worse... Uh, Mississippi State gets the ball after halftime. So, one, you, you leave points off the board. So, even if you hit the field goal and now it's 10 to 9, if you get the ball at halftime, you come out and you score. Now you're up. Now you're putting pressure on Old Miss. But you, you drop three touchdown passes within a matter of like a minute or less. So, there's points on the board. So, right there, if you score a touchdown, get it to 12 to 10. If you go for, for, go for two and you get to 14 to 10 or just one, it's 13 to 10. Get the ball coming out at half. Now you can make it a 20 to 10 game, 21 to 10 game if you come down and score, or come down on a field goal, put pressure on Old Miss, 
So that sequence of events just turned everything on Mississippi State's head, flipped them upside down. Again, I've talked about it, and I'm going to bring it up again. Mississippi State was marching down the field there with two minutes. They were marching down the field, making plays, hitting good passes, breaking tackles, making tr- – I, I can't say this enough if you guys watch the game – making tremendous catches. Mississippi – Old Miss is lined up, ready to go. They're looking over to the sideline to get the play. Mississippi State's looking over to Mike Leach to get the play. You start to see the nose guard, because they run a 3-4 from Old Miss, start to grab at his his thigh or his hammy, and then it falls down. I'm not saying he wasn't hurt. I do believe he came back in the game. But I'm not saying he was hurt. I want to put that out there right now. I'm not saying he wasn't hurt. I'm not saying that he faked it. But here's the problem. We have seen this from Old Miss before where they're standing there, looks over to the sideline. We don't know what signal he got, and then just falls. It's this fake injury crap. And you've got to fix it. Now, what sucks is when someone actually gets hurt. And how do you tell if someone actually gets hurt? So, the only way I can think of to fix it without truly, truly not to affect it crazy much, but try to put a stop to this is if a team is marching down the field and you do a, and a kid goes down. Here, here's what sucks. Sometimes a player actually does get hurt or actually gets a sting or a, a, a cramp and they come off the field and they'll be off for a play or two or three plays if the t- offense is still going and then they come back out there. Okay. So what, here's the gray area. A way to fix this is, is if a player falls down, does get hurt, They have to sit out the rest of that series, not the quarter, not the rest of the game, that drive. So if you are the nose guard and Old Miss marched down the field and they got to the 20 and you got an injury, you do not go in until, unless Mississippi State turns the ball over, your offense is out. Once your offense gets it back, boom, you're ready to go. Switch sides, it's good. That's the only way I could see to fix it. And then when it gets under two minutes, and now this guy go for offense too, Here's what sucks, though. You're talking about defense. Well, what if offense gets an injury, which sucks? Maybe you have to adopt some type of NFL ruling where, okay, under two minutes, that guy falls down. Old Miss. You have to take a timeout. He can't play the rest of the series. Or maybe you make that a rule. That now, that we're, now that we're really, really getting into this, if a player gets hurt, or fakes an injury. He has to sit out the rest of the series or if a timeout is called. So now you make your team, so if it's your best defensive player, now it's going to make you think about a timeout. Like, okay, like maybe you'll stop, stop seeing so many fake injuries. It's going to have to work both ways. Though. So within two minutes, then maybe it may be in line with, okay, under two minutes, you have to take a timeout. Just like the NFL, you got to take a timeout. If you don't have any timeouts and you're on defense, it's a five or ten yard penalty. Okay, when the clock doesn't run after that. If you're on offense, then it's the ten second runoff and all that stuff to try to make it even because you don't want the defense to sit there and say, "Well, what about the offense gets an injury? That's not fair." Well, the offense isn't going to fake an injury, but you've got to make it fair in that aspect. You know, we got to give the defensive guy something. But that was the big thing. Big thing was that happened, and ever since that moment where that momentum stopped. Now, I'm not making excuses. You know, like They should have caught the ball. There was good passes. They had moments in the game. 
Nobody's going to make excuses for Mike Leach. He's not going to make excuses for himself or his team. But but damn, like the fake injury thing needs to stop, and college football needs to look at this. And I'll help you out. If a guy gets injured, but let me step back. There are times where outside of the play, before they get lined up, they're hurt and they're lying on the ground. Those are the times where you get a cramp, they get the wind knocked out of them, whatever. They twist their ankle, they go back to the sideline, they get treated, or they get looked at. If it's good, they go back out during the same series if the offense is still out there. So this is gonna be this is a this is a gray area. This is a like how do you really you know get this fair enough? Because kids, there's a lot of. I'm not saying this happens a ton, but it's getting annoying to keep seeing, especially us college football junkies that want to watch every game that we can. It's getting to the point where something needs to be done, which sucks. It does suck because. Some players do get hurt, and they're not doing it on purpose, obviously. So the only way I could see is, because you could make it where, okay, instead of making them sit out the whole series, do they sit out just a couple plays? Uh, do you, is it a penalty? Well, if it's penalty, you could do that too, where a, a guy falls down with a quote-unquote fake injury, and you say, okay, He's, you know, it's a penalty, but then now you're going to penalize guys for getting hurt. That's where that gray area comes in. So that's why I believe that if a guy fakes an injury or falls down or signaled to fall down to slow them down, it's get them off the field and they cannot play the rest of the game. So that's the only way I could see because it's really hard to be like, oh my God, this guy broke his leg. This guy rolled his ankle, got a high ankle sprain, broke his arm. Oh, it's a 10 yard penalty. Good job for getting hurt. So I don't think that's fair either. There's really no good way unless you do the other two-minute thing. But during the game, it's going to happen way before that. Way before that. So just make them sit out. Well, then, you know, the defense is going to make their worst player. Maybe they'll make a sub in. They're going to have that guy take the fall. Uh, Something like that. But I think the closest way you can get to where it slows it down is that. But, you know... Uh, Old Miss was able to do what they wanted on uh, so outside of that that was where the the momentum from Mississippi State kind of fell but I wanted to address that again because it is getting to a point to where it is just annoying um Matt Corral again had a great game 26 of 34 234 yards touchdown Devin interception uh but in the second half uh you know Mississippi State just had some drops again uh, the pocket was collapsing on them some a little bit. They were getting a little pressure with their offensive tackles, which again, offensive tackles have played great, but the times where Mississippi State does struggle on offense, it's drop passes, and it's when the pocket kind of collapses from the outside with those offensive tackles. You're, you're going to need a year, another year or so for the new offensive line to come in or this offensive line to really gather what's going on in the air raid. Will Rogers didn't have a I mean, he's 38 of 58, which not his best stats, I guess, but it's still pretty good. 336 yards, one touchdown. They had a little more rushing yards than they probably normally do with 84. But, you know, Old Miss just came out and said, okay, we're going to run a lot of wide zone. They run a lot of jet. Uh, they ran a lot of short routes, which opened up the deeper routes. They, they just had a little bit more of the horses than Mississippi State did. Mississippi State's defense is a good defense. They just did not tackle very well, especially when ball when the run went to the outside and they were cutting it back up and getting off the blocks. 
But Mississippi State just had so many opportunities that they missed out on, just so many drop passes, the pocket collapsing, defense just giving up bigger plays. Ole Miss just came ready to play, and Ole Miss didn't. And again, this is what happens sometimes with with the air raid starts. And then I tell you, in a year or two, Mississippi State's going to be right up there with Ole Misses of the world, not Alabama's. No offense to Coach Leach. I, I hope they get there with the Alabama's. But they'll be up there. They'll be up there. But I wanted to really quickly recap because the fake injury thing really bothered me. Okay, now we're going to dive into the college football playoff. New college football rankings came out. Number one is Georgia. No surprise there. After the whipping of a lifetime that Ohio State gave Michigan State, Ohio State is now number two. They jumped Alabama with that close game Alabama had. Now Alabama is number three. Drum roll. Everybody out there is super happy. Cincinnati made it to number four. Yay. Your non-Power 5 school made it to number four. Yay. Yay. Even though right now they probably have to play Georgia, right? Georgia would stomp them. Is this what you got? Tell me what you want. Is this what you want? I don't think Cincinnati should be in the top four because of their schedule. Their only good win is Notre Dame. But what's making Cincinnati look good because I Notre Dame win is because Notre Dame is number six. Notre Dame, the door is open for Notre Dame to make it to the college football playoff again. And I hope they don't. I hope if anything, if Michigan pulls out the if Michigan pulls out the win against Ohio State, Michigan's got to get in. But those are your new top four. Michigan sits at number five, Notre Dame at number six. Oklahoma State at number seven, good for them. They're having a good year. Baylor at eight, Old Miss at nine, Oklahoma at ten. And then, for the sake of my next point here, Oregon 11 and Michigan State at 12. We need to expand the playoff. If we expand the playoff, we wouldn't have this argument, debate, or heartache. So, number one, I don't think Cincinnati should be in. For example, today, they are playing East Carolina. You're telling me that's a quality thing. Now, I'm not talking about this. I know some other programs out there play teams that shouldn't are up to par and all that stuff. But you're making this case for them to 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 be in this college football playoff. Now, if they were in the Big 12 right now, they'd probably be in. They're 11 0, they'd be in. Especially if they'd be like in Oklahoma, they'd definitely be in, or in Oklahoma State. But they're playing like in East Carolina. Their schedule, like I said, the only one is Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame is helping them. If Notre Dame had lost two or three games, they wouldn't be there. So Cincinnati, you better be kissing Notre Dame's feet because they've gone out and won. Not looking too, too bad from what they were last year. So Cincinnati's there. You guys got what you want. If Cincinnati wins out, they don't lose this game or anything else. They'll probably stay there. Maybe, unless things happen. A lot of things got to happen. But if they've got to play Ohio State or Georgia first, are you going to sit there and tell me that they're going to do it? Well, Steve, Cincinnati beat Georgia, almost beat Georgia in the bowl game. They had Georgia on the ropes. You realize Georgia had about 20 players sit out, right? Well, that don't matter. You played the game. It's not on paper, blah, blah, blah. It kind of matters when when Notre Dame or Georgia has 20-some players sit out and you could not beat them. They still beat you, though. But they competed. Who gives a shit? But they competed. Steve, what are you talking about? Have you seen Georgia's defense? 
the only two teams out there that could probably compete with Georgia, and I hate to say what one of them is, but Alabama, of course, and then Ohio State as of their play as the way they're playing right now, and a little bit. Now we're talking about Georgia. Sorry, I'm going to have myself with the Michigan Ohio State game, which is another episode. Cincinnati would not be Georgia this year. Not one out of ten times. Ten out of ten times Georgia would win. Now maybe the eighth time or the ninth time or the tenth time Cincinnati would be a closer game if they had to play each other that many times. Cincinnati doesn't stand a chance. If they played Alabama, Alabama wins ten out of ten. Now again, eight, nine, tenth time Georgia makes it a one possession game because Alabama's defense has been you know, a little confused this year and the way they're playing and everything else. But they wouldn't stop Georgia's offense or Alabama's offense. Alabama's offense would score 40 plus on them every single time they played. So here, Cincinnati, it's going to happen. You get what you're, you're going to get your wish to go play these dudes. And some fans out there want Cincinnati to do this. And if they lose, they say, well, we tried. Now, if, if Cincinnati goes out and beats Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, I will come back on here and say, in Cincinnati, I apologize. Cincinnati is a phenomenal team. Phenomenal team. They are very, very, very good. Luke Fickle has coached out of his mind, and he and Kirby Smart are going to be coming down to the coach of the year. He is coached out of his mind, and he's got to be a name for some of these big-time jobs. So I want to throw that on the table. But I don't think they're going to be Georgia or Alabama. But Cincinnati made it. Okay. To avoid talks like this, we need to expand the playoff. And one number you're hearing a lot of is um, 12. You're hearing a lot of the 12-team playoff. You're hearing a, a ton of that. And so to help everybody out, I did and went out and made a bracket. So if you're watching the video version, you're going to be able to see this as I mess with my technology here. So I did the courtesy. I took the 12 teams and the current... I didn't go out and make my own. I didn't do any of that. Um, I went out and made this playoff. Okay. So, let's take a look. We had a 12-team playoff, and I, I just found a bracket and filled it in. Isn't this cool? Like, this is amazing to see, like, a playoff. I would love to see, like, a 25-team. So, right now, you have one Georgia, two Ohio State, four Cincinnati, and three Alabama. The way this particular bracket set up, and it may not be set up the way people want it. I didn't make it. Sorry. So right now, if you wanted to go, you know, okay, in the upper left corner, you know, we have the North Division. And this isn't set up that way, but if you wanted to go, okay, the top left, and if the audio version, the North Division, Baylor, number eight, plays number nine, Old Miss, and they have to travel, so Old Miss will have to travel to Baylor. Wouldn't that be a great game? Coach Aranda's defense and that offense is scoring over 30 points a game versus Old Miss. That's exciting. And then that winner plays Georgia. If you head over to the top right, so that would be if you want to go your East Division, 
Number two is Ohio State. They await the winner of Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Now, I don't like this because it's number seven versus number 10. And it just happens to be Oklahoma State and Oklahoma who play this weekend. But just for the sake of argument, I still think that's a great matchup. Let's say they didn't play each other for some reason, which they always do. But I think that's a great matchup. If you go to the bottom right, so that would be, let's say, your South Division. Alabama is the number three seed. Going to wait the winner of Notre Dame, number six seed, and Oregon, number 11 seed. That would be a great matchup. That would be exciting. And then your last one, if you want to go your West Division, number four, Cincinnati, awaits the winner of Michigan and Michigan State. So, again, I don't like number five versus number 12. They have to play each other again. But, what, but, but again, just to stick with me here. Now, if I would have done my own rankings, this would be done a little different. But just think about it for a second. Let's just think. Let's say these were the finals. Let's say Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State, but these were still the seeds. Well, now you get another crack at it. Michigan lost to Michigan State earlier in the year. Michigan State gets their way back in. But if Michigan were to play Michigan State, say we're going to get our revenge, that would be exciting. It's like just looking at this playoff from a football perspective is just exciting. So could you imagine that? And then let's say Old Miss beats Baylor, whoever they got to play Georgia. Baylor and Georgia would be great. Old Miss and Georgia would be great. Michigan versus Cincinnati would be phenomenal. Alabama versus Notre Dame or Oregon would be a slaughter fest. Ohio State versus like an Oklahoma would be exciting. Like all of it is just exciting. So just looking at this, how can you not want a college football playoff? So this was just an example of how you could fix it. Now, I'd come up with my own top 25 or top 12. And some of these guys wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be in their spots. I probably have Old Miss above Baylor. I probably have Michigan State not even in it. Notre Dame would be lower. Oregon, like just there's just different things. But that would be exciting, right? So why is the playoff committee not looked at something like this? So number one, Cincinnati fans, you got your wish. Fans that want a non-power five, there, you got your wish, and you're about to get it. They've got to play Georgia or somebody like that. They are going to get smacked, and I'm going to be sitting here saying I told you so. Or they're going to come in and win. I'm going to sit here and say you guys were right, I was wrong. Let's move on. So the college football playoff committee, you have got to look at a playoff bracket like that and make it happen. I don't know why you haven't made it happen. That's not even, that's still exciting. That's not the best games we could get if we could sat down and really created a top 12 college football teams. Or if you wanted to expand it and do a top 25 and have different guys await play-ins or for that top that 25th spot a plane to get to that spot and then everybody else, like the top teams are waiting a winner and they've got to come in. That type of stuff, that would be so exciting. Just looking at a playoff bracket like that looks exciting. And then they travel till you get to the final four. Then once you get to the final four, that's your Orange Bowl or whatever, your Rose Bowl, then you get to the championship. But this gives teams a chance to make the playoffs. Now you expanded it. I like the top 25 because it gives you the top 25 to actually mean something. And then I like it give more teams hope. Because in this top four, they already know, oh, if we lose a game, we may not make it. You lose two games, you're definitely out. You're only making it to the to number eight. You're probably not going to make it. Well, now if it's 12, now you're giving teams a chance. Like, oh, we got two. Like, if Alabama loses to Georgia this weekend or two weekends from now, next weekend, in the SEC Championship game, they have two losses. They haven't. They're like, well, we're still going to be in the playoff. That gives them hope. That gives them a chance. To I mean, people don't want that. People don't want Alabama in there, but it gives them a chance. 
So the college football playoff committee, that looked exciting. And maybe I'll sit down and create my own top college football playoff and look at it and fill in a bracket. But that is exciting. The college football committee has got to, got to, got to do something and create that. But that was exciting. But Cincinnati fans, you got your wish. The fans that want them in there, you got your wish. As of right now, they could always change. Obviously, things could happen. But as of right now, they're in, and they probably have to play Georgia, and you're going to get your wish. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Cincinnati is very, very, very good. Coach Fickle is a very, very good football coach. Maybe he should get the USC job. Maybe he'll stay there because of the Big 12. They're jumping to the Big 12. But those are the things that need to happen. Got to fix the college football playoff committee. Speaking of Alabama, just because I'm an Alabama guy, Real quick about Alabama. They will play Auburn this week in the Iron Bowl. It's always a trap game for Alabama. I don't see Auburn winning because if Bo Nix is playing, maybe. But right now, Alabama, just statistically, is way better than Auburn. 44 points a game for Alabama. 30 for Auburn. Alabama gives up 19. Auburn gives up 22. 501 yards a game versus 427 yards for Auburn. So just statistically, Auburn is, or Alabama is better than Auburn. The way Auburn's offensive line is playing has not been good. Uh, the last losses for Auburn have not been great. 20-3 to versus Texas A&M. Then you have the huge collapse versus Mississippi State. And then you lose to South Carolina. You know, Alabama beats Mississippi State, beats Tennessee, beats LSU in a close one, beats New Mexico State, and then beats Arkansas. So I just with with the injury to Bo Nix, the way Auburn's offensive line's playing, the way their front seven's been playing on defense, they're going to be pumped. Like this is a game. Sometimes you have to throw out all that stuff, and Auburn will come in and compete. But remember, Gus is not there anymore. And Auburn guy people do not like Gus Malzahn, and I don't know why. I think he's a good coach. Did a lot of good things for you, so I don't know why. But he's not there anymore. And this is Nick Saban, who is fired up. He, he is fired up. If you saw his radio show, what he does, talked about Alabama fans saying, well, we, we're supposed to win. I'm paraphrasing. Basically, he was saying, what, you want us to win by 40 each and every game? Oh, we're, we're playing close games versus so-and-so. People think LSU was a bad team. People think Tennessee a bad team. People think Arkansas. And he laid on that. He goes, all those guys are college football athletes. That do what we do. You know, they go to school, they lift, they have meetings, they go to practice. They're there, they're competing, and since we are winners and we have this process and we've accomplished a lot, people are going to give us their best shot every single time. So it doesn't matter who we play. It's rap poison. So he laid it all out there. He's fired up, and I think the team's going to be fired up. So Alabama, you've, you cannot overlook Auburn into Georgia. You've got to take care of business because Auburn has been a thorn in Coach Saban's ass for a while. But again, Gus is not there. So with Gus not being there, uh, I will give Alabama the edge. They are better every statistical category, I believe, uh, over Auburn. But what Alabama needs to do in this game to get ready for Georgia, the offense has got to do what they do. They cannot have mistakes. They have to keep the foot on the gas and never let it go. 
I'm not saying they won't have to score and be like 60 to 20, 60 to 18 or 17, 14. But they just have to go and never let up. The defense, they kind of have to switch back to the mentality of, of, you know, everybody has a mentality of we're going to give up the yards, about the points. I think they've got to switch the mentality and say we've got to dominate them up front and they have to have confidence and dominate. If they do that going into Georgia, maybe they have a shot. It's going to be a great game next weekend. That's the stuff they have to do, and I think because you saw what Nick Saban said, that is his message, his type of thing coming down throughout the players in the locker room. That is going to pump them up. That's going to get them ready. So watch out for Alabama. Those things they have to do against Auburn. I just want to bring that up because I am a Nick Saban fan, and it's going to be a great game. And then tomorrow's podcast episode, we will discuss um, – Maybe other rivalry games, you know, we'll talk about Michigan and all that. But but for this one, it's a big-time game for them. Still, even though Auburn is struggling, they have the new quarterback, you know, everything. Alabama has to come up and just dominate. They got to make that switch and say, you know what, screw this. We're going to dominate. We are going to kick their ass. We're going to dominate. We're going to hit them as hard as we can, see if they can handle it. And that's just what they got to do. And if they do that, get that kind of confidence going, don't make the mistakes on defense or offense, they're going to have that confidence. And I've said this a million times, confidence – it's a huge, huge part of the game. Huge. If you've got confidence going into a game, it's hard for you to lose. If you're confident in what you're doing and you're executing, and if Alabama can do that against Auburn and coming in, watch out for them because they'll be ready to go. So just watch out for them. Uh, but that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like and subscribe. Uh, follow the audio versions. Please share it out. Be a friend. Tell a friend. All that good stuff. Thank you, guys. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show, and we'll see you next time. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.